the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming worldwide at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. In the United Kingdom, a 23-month-old child removed from life support this week against the wishes of his parents has died. The child had a degenerative condition but had received offers from Christian groups to pay the bills to keep him on life support. Britain's state-run health care officials, though, refused to allow the child to be removed from the country, mandating instead that he be taken off life support and allowed to die. President Trump says he feels compelled to help end the nuclear standoff with North Korea. The president congratulated the leaders of North and South Korea after a historic summit and said his meeting with Kim Jong-un will happen in the coming weeks. This is beyond the United States. This is a world problem. And it's something that I hope I'm able to do for the world. He told a press conference that something dramatic could happen and that his talks with Kim should be quite something. That is White House correspondent Greg Clugston reporting, and this is SRN News. So you've been exploring solutions for your hair loss. You've seen ads from the national chains. You've researched the alternative products that cost a fortune, but there seem to be no guarantees. So here's good news for you. This is Dennis Prager. Go to INeedMoreHair.com and see what their hair transplant specialists are doing for men and women like you. The consultations are free. Their doctors have given patients in Hollywood and worldwide a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. You'll see a more confident reflection of yourself. In fact, they guarantee your results in writing, and their prices are some of the best in the business, as low as $3 per graft. So stop searching and go to INeedMoreHair.com. You have nothing to lose. Call their office in Egan for your free consultation. INeedMoreHair.com. Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Get the permanent solution to your hair loss at INeedMoreHair.com. Do you have sleep apnea? Are you tired of dragging your big bulky CPAP device with you whenever you leave home? Yeah, well I was too. That's why I'm so glad I called to try the Transcend Mini CPAP for 10 nights. I can't imagine living without it now. My Transcend is about as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. That's less hassle to carry than my shaving kit. Plus, I was able to add a battery pack that's as tiny as a deck of cards. But hey, that's not all. Transcend is FAA compliant, too, which means I can finally sleep comfortably while flying. Heck, I can sleep comfortably anywhere now. So if that all sounds good to you, call now to give Transcend a try. You'll be glad you did. Now you can try Transcend and sleep comfortably for 10 restful nights with a money-back guarantee. So call MiniCPAP.com now, 1-800-915-2344. Again, that's 1-800-915-2344. 1-800-915-2344. Up next on the King Banyan Show, Dr. Banyan drinks coffee and describes the scene outside his office window. He's just a little too curious to suit me, Bullwinkle. Curious? He's downright odd. Oh, that's wonderful. Welcome back, King Banyan Show. This is 1440. Uh, actually, I was going to use my coffee for a quick story. I not Maybe I'll just drink it instead. <laughs> and the view out my window is is absolutely fantastic. My, the, my office sits uh, on the third floor of a of a building at St. Cloud State University, overlooking the Mississippi River. There's a garden across the street, uh, across the river, excuse me, from from me, and uh, I, and some some old houses, some some post World War II houses of um, of St. Cloud. And I I'm just telling you. There, the, there's a really good chance you don't have a better view than me unless you're listening to us over the internet on a lake. And our thanks to Rebecca in Belize who listens on the pod, uh, listens either by podcast or is she listening to the stream? Maybe even. Um, did Did you know which is it? Podcast or stream? I believe yeah. she podcasts the show on the website TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Oh. 
Oh, fantastic! Well, yep. well, thank you. So, so when she listens next, she can she'll hear her own her own name called out. Thank you. That's just that's just awesome. Um, here's the here's the quick story. Uh, while uh, while Phil Kirpin uh, gets back to his home, so we can listen to him on a better on a better phone line. My coffee is uh, I pick it up at I pick it up at the local Starbucks, and they have a special brewer um, that they use to make specialty coffees. This coffee comes is called Jamaican Blue Mountain. It is expensive coffee. I admit I like expensive coffees. I love the taste of them. I'm glad I live in a country where I'm able to earn enough money to do this, and then able to also have some of that money maybe get back to Jamaica. Not all of it. I'm sure Starbucks is making a pretty penny on this and using it to uh, train 8,000 uh, in 8,000 stores how <laughs> not to treat their guests. Uh, but um, uh, you know that said. I, I like I like trade and I like trade so much. My belief is free trade means means simply this: you as a human being have the right to trade with anybody else in the world, without interference by either government. That would be that would be uh, that would be just lovely, but that's not in fact that's not in fact what's happening. What's happening is what's happening is we have deals we make deals to make to have trade happen and so you've got tpp and you've got nafta and you've got and you and you're watching brexit and the big battle over brexit's over trade particularly between northern ireland and ireland itself ireland will be part of the eu after brexit northern ireland of course part of the united kingdom will not be how will trade happen between those countries i don't happen to think that when governments are involved in this that that it's for the benefit of the people who wish to trade. So for me, free trade is pretty simple. Free trade means free trade. You just you get to trade, um, you get to trade one to the one trade one to another. But that's not actually what what happens. What actually happens instead is what actually happens instead is you have trade, which is you know is controlled by what governments governments do and they have these major agreements and 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 uh with that with that i think i finally do, i'm looking to see um yep okay have on the line now sorry about that um i have to rely on a, a phone still for uh messaging from the mothership phil kirpin on the line um phil kirpin uh, is uh president of american commitment uh recently had a, an editorial uh discussing a piece of nafta uh and and phil first of all good morning and welcome oh great to be with you king uh good to be with you too i suspect I I I know from your Twitter feed that you're a giant Mets fan. Do you have a favorite football team too? Not really, not really. I uh, okay. The, the, when it's not baseball season, that's like the relief time for my wife. She's enough. <laughs> yeah. It, seriously, she hates when baseball season starts. She's like, "You're like a different person. It's horrible." I'm like, "I'm sorry. I try not." You know, you know when you, when you're like when you when you're that diehard with a team, it's not like voluntary. You know, I would like to, but, uh, quit, but I've tried a few times. I don't know. There's something wrong with me. No, I I feel the same way, and particularly particularly uh, after uh, after '86, I'm a Red Sox fan, Phil, and uh, so and so after well, after we championship, so you know, now right after now. right, but but uh, you know, my poor wife every year, and I think 2003, I think she she was really worried and calling the uh, suicide watch hotline uh, after <laughs> after after that year because i because seriously i i couldn't even watch the games anymore and i still had to sit in the same place and wear the same socks anyway we didn't we didn't, we didn't come to talk about about sports but i know you you love the mets as much as i love the red Sox, and i just think that's awesome it gives us it gives us something in common phil and uh, another thing i think we have in common is the desire for um deregulation and 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 I wonder before we get to the specifics of your article, if you could comment first on the uh, deregulation push that has happened since the election of President Trump. Well, there really was a a clear pivot point and inflection point in the regulatory environment when uh, Donald Trump took office in January of 2017. And my favorite stat on this, which I just found astonishing, is a number. Uh, this was an analysis by the American Action Forum, and they were looking at the total 
regulatory compliance costs on the U.S. economy for the calendar year of 2017. And they determined that 81% of all calendar year 2017 regulatory costs imposed on the economy, 81% were imposed in the first three weeks when Obama was president. Oh, my goodness. Which, if you think about it, yeah. If you think about it, it's a pretty remarkable. I mean, I think that stat alone really tells the story of what, what, what a massive change there was in the regulatory environment. They were right up to the end of Obama pushing big, expensive rules out the door, and uh, it all changed. It all switched. It all reversed in the new administration, and uh, we've seen sort of the major sort of tentpole, infamous Obama regulations, things like the Waters of the United States rule and the Clean Power Plan, and uh, now they're, they're, with, they're uh, probably going to freeze the CAFE rule. So sort of all the big ones from EPA have either been reversed or in the process of being reversed. And, uh, you know, the uh, fiduciary rule at the Department of Labor, which is another huge one. We've seen uh, the, the menu labeling rule stalled at FDA. We've seen... Um, you know, the net neutrality rule at the FCC, kind of all of the big, expensive, burdensome regulations uh, of the last eight years of Obama have either already been reversed or are in the process of being reversed under President Trump, which is a great thing. Uh, but it also, I think, speaks to a problem, which is, you know, if eight years of regulations can be undone or in the process of being undone in a year and a half, um, well, that means that just as easily the next Democratic administration can put them all back in and more and worse. And I think it really speaks to sort of a uh, process defect that we've got right now where we have yes. a Congress that isn't really up to the job of being legislators. And so they pass these broad, vague laws and they leave all the real decision making up to the executive branch. And as a consequence, you can have this wild pendulum swing where all of the major economic policies of the country turn on a single election, the election for president every four years, I think that's, uh, that's probably not a good thing. Uh, right. Because it means the next Democrat can put in a lot of regulations I'm against, but also, um, you know, it's not good for anyone, and, you know, investors have long time horizons to, to kind of not know what the policy mix is going to look like at all, because it all depends on a presidential election. So that's one reason, Phil Kirpin, why I thought, in fact, the uh, the use of the Congressional Review Act was so important, because not just because they reversed some of those decisions, but that I believe as part of CRA, uh, you can't go back and reimpose them once, they, once they've been removed by Congress. Is that right? Yeah, the, the, uh, well, the, the CRA language prohibits a substantially similar regulation without congressional approval, and there's no case law yet on what substantial similarity is, and so... Uh, that's going to have to be sorted out as, you know, there have now been 15 CRAs passed. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. I think we'll see the next time there's a Democratic administration how, you know, you know, how creative they get in imposing rules that, you know, they claim are not substantially similar and how the courts look at that and right. so forth. And so it's great in theory. We'll have to see how the, uh, you know, how the actual uh, case law plays out on that substantial similarity bar. But, yeah, uh, and, and very interesting on the CRA. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, you know, there were the 14 that they did right at the beginning that everyone sort of knew the CRA could do because the CRA has this 60-day review window, and so all sort of the late Obama regulations they were able to overturn that way, including, by the way, one that was uh, absolutely devastating to coal mining in Appalachia was essentially a ban on coal mining, and that was mm-hmm. overturned, and that was probably the most significant of the ones they did early on. But uh, they did another CRA just a couple of weeks ago, and it was a CRA of a 2013 rule from the CFPB that uh, basically banned discounts of auto loans. Uh, The CFPB claimed that discounts were racist. Uh, They had no race data on borrowers, but they used a statistical model based on the last name and the zip code of uh, auto loan borrowers, and then their statistical model uh, imputed race based on last name and zip code, and they said that the practice of offering discounts was racially biased, and they, they sought to greatly limit and, in many cases, ban uh, auto dealers from offering discounts on loans on the lot, um, which was astonishing, especially because the, the actual Dodd-Frank law prohibited the CFPB from regulating uh, auto dealers. It was the only industry that they were supposed to be prohibited from regulating, and they said, well, you know, we're regulating the lenders, uh, not the dealers, and so that doesn't apply. Uh, but but uh, Congress overturned that on the CRA, and the reason they were able to overturn it is that the CFPB had never reported it to Congress as a rule. Right. Uh, they had described it as a guidance document, and because they had never reported it to Congress as a rule, uh, the Government Accountability Office said that the 60-day window had never opened, and therefore it, it had not yet closed, and so they were able to overturn a five-year-old 
Obama regulation using the CRA because it had never been reported to Congress. And so that, I think, is a very interesting new precedent, and we'll have to see uh, what other examples people find of uh, rules that were not reported as rules and therefore are still subject to, to CRA overturn. Phil, I know it's not what we we, we were scheduled to talk about, but I, one more question on that. Do you know if a case has been filed already to seek to overturn the CRA Act in terms of that of the automotive discount lending? Uh, I don't know if there's been litigation filed yet. Okay. I think there will be because somebody. Yeah, it's got to be right these days. Yeah, yeah. so I don't okay. know. I, I haven't seen anything on that yet, but you know, if they get the right resistance judge or whatever, who knows? I, I think they're on pretty firm <laughs> ground having that GAO report, but these days, who knows? Right. Okay. So let's let's turn to the piece that you started with. I before you came on, uh, uh, Phil Kirpin from American Commitment with us here on the King Banyan Show. One of the things that I, I talk about is, look, we live in a world where we have to have these trade agreements. I happen I happen to be sufficiently a free trader to think, why can't I just trade with somebody? Why do I need a government to tell me I can trade with this person, not that person, and a set of rules? But that's not the world you and I live in, right? That, the world we live in. Uh, that's, says, the, uh, that's the Ron Paul position. Voting yeah, I, I, right. I, 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 and I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not probably Ron Paul's biggest fan, but uh, on that score, he and I would agree. Um, so anyway, um, Talk briefly about how uh, these trade deals embed regulation within them, and then a- then we'll take a break and come back after that, and we'll talk about uh, the, the RAINS Act. Well, you know, the um, w- one of the things that the lib- liberals have always done, but conservatives have never done, is use trade agreements to pursue non-trade policy objectives, and uh, they, they load them up with all kinds of environmental standards and labor standards and all sorts of different rules, they sort of use them as a way to backdoor a wide variety of regulations, labor market regulation, environmental regulation, and so forth. Um, And if you kind of look historically, the the first major trade agreements were just about tariffs, and sort of every trade agreement since has kind of expanded in scope of subject matter to pull in more and more different subject areas. And uh, the... The left has always seen this as a way to sort of pass things they might not otherwise be able to pass by by embedding them in trade agreements. And um, we've never done that on the right. We've always kind of said, you know, let's keep it to the subject at hand. Let's limit trade to trade. Um, And I kind of think that we're at the point now where we need to stop doing that and think a little bit more like the left and thinking, how can we use the trade agreements, which might be the only thing that passes Congress. I I think the new NAFTA might be the only bill of any significance that passes Congress this year. So I think we really have to think about what we can put in it uh, that we might not otherwise be able to pass. And uh, that is a strategy that's been suggested by uh, Senator Cruz most prominently. He's got a couple other senators on board with him. But what they've focused on in particular is, you know, just as the left has often used trade agreements to push increased regulation, they would like to use NAFTA to uh, sort of lock in, cement, and make permanent President Trump's deregulation and his permitting reform efforts. And towards that end, uh, they've suggested a new chapter that they call the competitiveness chapter that would be added to NAFTA that would codify all of the permitting and regulatory reforms that have gone on uh, in the Trump administration, including a couple of bills, uh, you know, the Good Act, the Regulatory Accountability Act, and I think most significantly the RAINS Act, which is a bill that for, for in the future would require any costly new regulations to get prior approval from Congress before they could take effect, which really changes okay. uh, that whole uh, problem we were talking about, about everything swinging on the presidential. Right. Right. Okay, so let's... Uh, that. That sets it up nicely. Let's take a break right here. When we come back, uh, Phil Kirpin from American Commitment is my guest, and we will talk more about about how it is that we might be able to use a, the trade deal uh, NAFTA with our two biggest part, trade partners, two or three, Canada and Mexico, to discuss um, how we can get deregulation more firmly embedded in trade in the United States. Back after this, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Hey folks, I'm David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. Over a decade ago, I decided to start a company that could help families take control of their finances and more importantly, 
their time. We offer you a powerful education in how to trade in the stock market, providing you the skill sets you need to manage your financial manager and speak his language, or even cut out the middleman entirely and do it yourself. My mission was to put more money in the hands of good Christian people to impact this country and the rest of the world. Since that time, I've seen Tradeway grow from a small business started in a garage with my family to an education company which now employs more than 20 families and has educated nearly 20,000 people from all across the country. God has truly blessed this mission. It's been exciting to see the Tradeway family grow through the years. At this point, people attend our events not only to hear about the stock market, but to fellowship with other families and even to strengthen their walk with the Lord. The Tradeway community is unlike anything I've ever seen in my business career or even in my ministries. With Tradeway, you not only get a powerful system for trading as a business, but you get the kind of hands-on support, ongoing development, and personal community that is required to propel you forward in this journey, and we help you to do that one step at a time. I want to personally invite you to join us at our next event called Step 1, Start Your Journey at the Weston Edina Galleria, June 15th and 16th. The event will be hosted by John Quinn. John is one of the most analytical people I know. In fact, he's literally a rocket scientist, but he has the ability to teach in a way that everyone can understand, which is a great skill. Join us at the Weston Edina Galleria, June 15th and 16th, and bring your family. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Good day. Welcome to our show. Good day, Hoser. Hey, today's topic, warmer weather. Oh, nothing better than sitting in a hot tub on a starry night. Yeah, Hoser, whatever. Hey, what I see in the backyard is a place where I want to put my brand new hot tub. Yeah, a new hot tub from Arctic Spas, eh? You can see them at Premier Pool and Spas in Janessen. Premier Pool and Spas, no hassles with tons of knowledge. They know what they're talking about there. They even want you to get into the hot tub so you can feel just how comfortable the seats are. Yeah, everyone is different, eh? So how do you know if the seat's going to fit? If you don't get in it, that's right. You know, some guys don't want you sitting in their tubs without water because they need the water to distribute your weight. Yeah, but not in Arctic. They have hand rolled fiberglass under acrylic to give it strength that everyone's talking about. Do yourself a favor. Go see a real cold weather spot, Premier Pool and Spa in Chanhassen. Or visit them on the web at premierpools.com. Yeah, Premier Pool and Spa, where they take fun seriously. Seriously. Take off. Take off, eh? Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Thank you for being with us today. We're visiting right this this segment with Phil Kirpin from American Commitment. Uh, you can you can find their website at AmericanCommitment.org, AmericanCommitment.org, and we're talking about uh, adding a competitiveness chapter to the NAFTA renegotiation that. Um, that President Trump and the leaders of Canada and Mexico are currently negotiating. Um, uh, Phil Kirpin, let me ask the let me ask sort of the, the big question. To, there's well, there's two big questions, I guess. Uh, the, but the, to me, maybe the bigger one is: What are the chances that we can get this kind of this kind of chapter put in uh, and agreed to by the leaders of Canada and Mexico? Well, I think, uh, first of all, I think they're very likely to agree because from their perspective, a stronger economic environment in the United States with less kind of internal barriers to investment and productivity and resource extraction and manufacturing because we have a better regulatory environment is good for the whole region. It's good for all three party countries and would uh, benefit them. And so I don't think they would object to it. And in fact, Mexico has put in a placeholder for this chapter. And so they kind of, I think, Wanted, I think they like Cruz's strategy more than the United States as of the moment because they put in a placeholder ah. for this chapter, and uh, the U.S. negotiator, Robert Lighthizer, seems not to be on board with the strategy at the moment. So I don't think that the other party countries would object to this. Um, that said, if they did object or if they didn't want to impose the same things uh, you know, in terms of domestic reforms in their own countries or they want to make uh, alterations and so forth, that could be done through party-specific annexes. And so, you know, 
they don't really even have to agree uh, for us to be able to make these changes uh, domestically as part of the NAFTA agreement. Right, right. Uh, but but maybe Canada is a little less on board with this. Uh, perhaps uh, 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 Mr. Well, yeah, Trudeau. could be with their administrations very liberal currently. So they yeah, might they right. might say global warming or something. I mean, who knows? Uh, that said, they could they could note their uh, exception in a party specific annex, and that would not prevent us from including it with respect to the United States. Hey, just you may not know the answer to this, but how many pages does one of these agreements take? Uh, they could be pretty big, and they've got yeah. a lot of chapters in there already. I mean, this proposed chapter, I've seen kind of the working draft that, that kind of the cruise people are, are uh, working on, and obviously, you know, if the White House bought into the strategy, it could change completely. So I don't know how much, uh, you know, the working draft matters, but this is a pretty short chapter in its current draft form. I think it's like eight or ten pages. This is not a massive thing. It, it just uh, basically, and, and everything that's in it either comes from a Trump executive order or a bill that's already passed the House but been blocked by Democratic filibuster, and it's all sort of well, uh, well-known well material. They're not pulling anything out of the air. So, so here's here's the other part of this, uh, uh, Phil Kirpin, uh, and I'm th- trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how to ask this nicely because it, it's going to sound accusatory, uh, and I, I'm trying to not do that. Uh, which is, which is, if this is just orders that the Trump administration has either has issued or laws have been passed. It sounds to me in your description just now like maybe part of your your attempts at persuasion are with the Trump administration itself. Is is that right? Are you have is is Senator Cruz having a little bit of trouble getting this getting the administration to yeah, uh, put is. the you structure know, in place? For a meeting. He asked for a meeting with the president on this, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, and he still hasn't been able to get it scheduled. And, uh, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people in the administration. I get positive reaction from, from most people on the strategy, but then they kind of say, you know, but it's USTR show. And uh, Robert Lighthizer yeah. is going to decide what the scope of the negotiations are. And my sense is uh, he thinks it's really, really important to get the NAFTA agreement finalized before the Mexican election July 1st, because... Uh, one of the candidates there is basically a socialist who's not going to agree to, to kind of anything. And so the thinking is you got to get it done now with the current president because you don't know how the election is going to go. And uh, I think that Lighthizer uh, thinks he's very close to the deal, and he just doesn't want to put anything else on the table. He wants to get it done uh, without expanding the scope of what's under consideration. But the argument that I've made is, look um, – if all you do is win a, you know, if, if you get a renegotiated agreement, but it doesn't accomplish anything of any great significance, at least it's certainly not uh, of political interest of, or, uh, you know, of general interest outside of a handful of industries, then you've sort of missed an opportunity to do something much bigger. And so I think it's, it's less important to get it finalized than it is to really, you know, make a significant accomplishment in it, which I think that this uh, cruise competitiveness chapter proposal would do. And I also think, um, frankly, being more ambitious would make it easier for them to get it through Congress, because as it stands, you know, the, the sort of the configuration of a deal that they're talking about currently would probably require a significant number of Democratic votes. And I just think they're going to the Democrats are going to see political opportunity to embarrass the president and they're going to vote no, even if they like the policy mix of some of the things that are in there. And so I think. If you put the sort of major conservative priorities, permitting and regulatory reform in, um, you could pass it with just Republican votes, which I think makes the, the actual passage a lot easier for the administration. And we should point out to our listeners here on Twin Cities Business Radio that, in fact, this is a bill that is, is fast-tracked and, does, and cannot be filibustered. So it could pass the Senate with uh, 51 votes. Yeah, that's a crucial point because, um, you know, these regulatory and permitting reforms, if they were included under this strategy, it's it's really the only strategy that allows them to pass the Senate with a simple majority is, is putting them in a trade agreement. And, uh, you know, you can't do them under budget reconciliation because they have the bird rule issue right. and uh, everything gets filibustered. And so, you know, this is, I think, one of the core key insights of the kind of this cruise strategy is, look, uh, this is the only train leaving the station uh, that can pass with 50 votes. And so it would really be a missed opportunity if we didn't, you know, try to be as ambitious as possible with it. So, so uh, we only have a, cu- a couple minutes left. Phil Kirpin uh, from American Commitment. Look, there there are a number of uh, business leaders who listen to our show either uh, either live or on the podcast later on. Uh, if they wanted to, if they wanted to address this and say, "Hey, we really need this in order for us to be able to trade," we're, we're up here in Minnesota, Canada's you know 
our neighbor, and we we uh, do a lot of trade up there from uh, here in central Minnesota. How would they? Who should they be talking to? Should they be talking to? Well, I don't know. Our two our two Democratic senators probably are are not worth the not worth the stamp uh, or the email. But uh, should they be talking to Lighthizer? Who should they be talking to to sort of say, "Hey, we if really need got, this. It'll be good for us." If they can get if they if they have any kind of angle to reach Lighthizer, he would be the the. I think that the decision at this point would need to either be made by Lighthizer changing his mind, or President Trump personally directing him to to include this in the agreement. And uh, you know, I think to the extent that people have influence with anyone in the orbit of either uh, you know the U.S. trade rep or the president, it's you know this is kind of the moment of maximum opportunity because they're very close to finalizing something. This could still be added; it could be added very easily, in my judgment. But there's not much time left, and so uh, the, that's really the key. Uh, we've got a um, we've got a form letter that goes into the president uh, on our website that people can send as is or uh, edit or what have you. So that would be the, the easiest way on AmericanCommitment.org. But if, uh, you know, if anyone listening has either personal connections or people with personal connections, either to the U.S. Trade Rep or to the president himself, uh, I would urge them to, to weigh in. And as you pointed out, um, you know, this is not an instance of us just uh, you know, putting unrelated matter in there just because we can. It really does directly relate to our ability to be competitive in trade, to have a good regulatory environment is crucial for being able to invest and expand and extract resources and manufacture in this country. And there's only so much you can do uh, in terms of getting other countries to, to try to play fair and so forth. Uh, the most important thing you can do to be successful in trade is to have good policies uh, in your own country and for them to be stable, for them not to, to be in danger of all being reversed with the next election. And I think this chapter would, would go a long way towards that. Phil, I can't say it better than that. Phil Kirpin from American Commitment. Phil, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Really appreciate it. We'll be back after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. When should you start collecting your Social Security? How you answer this question will be the difference in the success or failure of your retirement. Tune in to Money Matters with Al and Mike this week. They'll be sharing Social Security tips with you. From the basics of the program to strategies to maximize your Social Security payments, Al and Mike will help you sort out this important but often misunderstood part of your retirement income plan. Listen to Money Matters with Al and Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on Business 1440, or call them at 855-231-6010. Does your family believe in the power of a private school education? Are you looking into sending your child to a private school next year? Hi, Alyssa here with Business 1440, and we want to help your family by covering half of your child's first year of private school. This is a program we have had for five years now, and it has helped many families get into the school of their dreams. We are in the thick of open house season right now, so the timing couldn't be better. If you find a school you would like your child to attend, Call me at 651-289-4406 to see if that school is one of the schools we have a partnership with. It's that simple. This isn't a financial aid program. This is for everyone. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call Business 1440 today at 651-289-4406 to take advantage of our half-off tuition program. That's Business 1440 at 651 289-4406. TwinCitiesTuitions.com has been helping families for over seven years get into the school of their dreams. We have placed over 90 kids into private education, including Stacy's son. I have to say that this was an answer to prayer. This program made it possible for my son to transition into ninth grade into a wonderful school, dealing with the station, particularly Alyssa, has been such a blessing. Education is one of the most important decisions that you can make as a parent. The difference that I've seen in in my son in a Christian education is a confidence that can only come from Jesus Christ. He stands firm in the truth. He knows what he believes, and he's going to know that that Jesus is the answer. Don't pay more than you need to for your child's first year of private school. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406. 
or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Past attendees, when asked about Scott Black's leadership awakening, just smile, shake their head, and say, I can't explain it, but it changed my life. Mr. Black from Like It Matters has released two half-off vouchers for his Leadership Awakening in Minneapolis, Sacramento, Dallas, or Richmond. Leadership Awakening is regularly $2,000. Now with this special offer, is just half price at $1,000. Go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com and click on Deals. Leadership Awakening, taking commitment, not applicants. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Thanks for, thanks for uh, call, calling in here at 651-289-4477. Thanks to Phil Kirpin uh, from American Commitment for spending time with us. That's a little bit deep in the weeds in terms of um, uh, here, but, you know, I've always believed that my listeners actually like weedy topics from time to time to really dig into something like this. I mean, a chapter of a trade bill doesn't seem like something we would spend a lot of time on, but I think it's, I think it's fundamentally important. Um, and, and, and I actually have a piece to tie to it. That's actually in this weekend's barons. Um, I'll get to that in just a second. I just want to remind you before, so that I don't forget, uh, overtime with Hugh Hewitt and Mike Gallagher tomorrow night. All the dinner tickets are gone, but there's a, just a, a handful of seats left for you uh, if you want to sit and watch the main event um, starting at 7 o'clock. The doors open at 6.30. It's at the Minneapolis Marriott Southwest in Minnetonka. Uh, and and those tickets are only 20 bucks. 20 bucks to get two hours with um, with three smart guys because uh, MC Easy Ed, Ed Morrissey will be up there uh, as well. Um, we'll you know, uh, Mitch and and Brad and I will be will be there. Although we will not be on stage for you. Um, who, you know what? If you've got if you got Hugh and Mike, you don't need us. You'll be you'll be fine. You'll get along. Uh, but you know, like there's less than twenty tickets left. So if you're you, if you're the per- kind of person who sort of waits till the day before to make your plans, are you the kind of person that doesn't ask somebody out? until the day before you want to take them out if you're that kind of person you probably don't get many dates you should have made your plans before now but if you are that kind of person you can hide in the audience no one will know who you are okay we're all just we're all just kind of hanging together 300 400 of your very best friends all interested in hearing how the 2018 campaigns will go and and what 2019 might look like i've already heard some of you unfortunately Mike's show comes on while I'm, in fact, at work, and I, I don't have time to podcast him and Hugh as well uh, during my day, so I just I just, I, I just get Hugh's show because, of course, there wouldn't be a Narn without the Hugh. <laughs> it wouldn't be. I mean, honest to goodness, I mean, Narn was created at a, at a lunch out in a, a lunch on a Saturday in, Minnet- in Minnetonka on a snowy January day. With uh, the station manager of uh, uh, for Salem Twin Cities uh, and and Hugh and his producer Dwayne and a handful of people that were originally the Northern Alliance of Blogs and then became the Northern Alliance Radio Network here on uh, both on Business fourteen forty and of course Mitch's show one to three Saturdays on AM twelve eighty and then and then two to three for the closer Brad Carlson on Sundays but so Brad I think is just going to traips on down uh to uh to uh minnetonka or tra- or traips up i guess because he's going north I, I we still do this up up down thing as opposed to as opposed to just using directions like normal people um anyway you, you ought to be there go to am 12 thepatriotcom slash overtime 2018 or visit our webpage at twincitiesbusinessradio.com for all the details just a few tickets left I predict these will be gone before dinner time today, and you will miss out on some really fascinating conversation tomorrow. So be there. 
Uh, I certainly will be. I'm looking forward to it. One, Let more, me go to, one more quick point, King. They are going to yeah. be having tickets at the door. An extra incentive oh, to, to not wait till then is tickets will go up a little bit in price to about 25 bucks if you try and get yours at the door. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm gonna, just going to show up, go in, get the tickets, they're 5 bucks cheaper if you go online right now and get them before they're gone. Just a, a quick point there. Fantastic. So so they'll save. So there's a five. So, yeah. If you there's economic there, incentives, right? We we have we have correctly priced these tickets, okay. Twenty bucks is a deal, okay. Given what you got to spend to to see a movie that you probably won't like, and feel embarrassed to walk out of, you won't walk out of this. You know when it's going to end. It's going to be done at nine o'clock. You'll be home in plenty of time to get your beauty rest for to get back to work on Monday. Even I'll be. I mean, if it gets out at nine, even I can get home by ten thirty, and I've got to go all the way back to St. Cloud. So. You should be able to do it. Just come on over. It'll be fun. 651-289-4477, the number to call. Let me read you this this wonderful piece. This is in uh, Barron's, I believe, uh, this weekend uh, by Alan Blinder. Alan Blinder is an economist at Princeton. He was the vice chair of the Federal Reserve early on. I believe he was for either uh, for the first Bernanke vice chair he may have been a vice chair for greenspan he's also been on the council of economic advisors he's and he does a lot of these pieces and, and so uh, on on economics and policy you might again you might wonder i i will say phil kirpin thanks to him for being with us and I, uh, john and i were talking off air i typically try to steer away from doing some sort of straight politics on on this show you've got You've got Mitch, you've got Brad. If you want that stuff, that's where you can go for that. If you come here, you're coming here for the economics um, instead. But one of the issues that happens is oftentimes economics and politics interact. It makes sense. They were at one time part of a part of a general field of study called moral philosophy. Uh, they only began to diverge in the mid-19th century after Adam Smith and David Ricardo and John Stuart Mill. Um, they started to diverge uh, in, in along two separate tracks, but you don't have to go back too far in uh, intellectual history to find when they were they were of one piece. But the people that practice economics today and the people that practice politics today oftentimes are at, at loggerheads. And one of the things we, that I talk about and why this is important, I'm going to just read a little bit of this piece. It's in Barron's this weekend. Unfortunately, your Wall Street Journal subscription or my Wall Street Journal subscription will not get you to this piece. But I just wanted to read, read about this. So economists always, he, he writes, economists blame politicos for spouting superficial slogans, operating with short time horizons, sacrificing the broad national interests and narrow parochial interests and more. And as you recall, I had uh, 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 Pete Stauber on. He was a can- he's a candidate up in uh, the eighth district, and he talked like a politician. And then that my reaction to him had some of that to it. But again, that's not just because he's a he, he's a good politician. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I, I, I mean, when we interviewed him, it was like, okay, he's doing his politics. That's okay. I wanted people to hear what the political side of it sounds like. That's okay. So where I wanted to, what, what, what Blinder does, who spent a lot of time do, giving advice to politicos, is saying, so my article takes up some places where I believe economists have it wrong and the politicians have it closer to right. Start with our failure to comprehend political logic. Like most economists, I used to think of that phrase as an oxymoron. Politics is fundamentally illogical, right? No. Politicians just use a form of logic that isn't er- Aristotelian. Nice big word, which he doesn't bother to define for anybody, but that's okay. Imagine a policy such as a special tax break that showers a $10 million benefit on each of 10 people but costs 100 million Americans $2 each. Economists will net the 100 million in gains against the 200 million in losses and conclude that the policy is bad for the nation. But politicians will keep score differently. They know that few of the 100 million losers will notice their tiny $2 costs and none will deem it big enough to move them to political action. Quite the opposite will be true of the ten big winners who will find ways to express their gratitude. This example may seem contrived, but it underlies many details of our tax laws and trade provisions. Not no longer quoting Blinder. This is no you know, concentrated benefits and diffuse costs 
is part of something that goes all the way back to uh, if people when people say who are the economists that influenced you one of them was Mansur Olson I've talked about this before Mansur Olson um died way too young he would have won i think he would have won a nobel prize in economics had he lived longer they do not award the nobel prize posthumously um a guy originally from north dakota was a longtime uh, member of the faculty at the university of maryland and in in the 60s wrote a book called the logic of collective action where he talked about this very point when the benefits to some action are really concentrated on a few people sometimes we would refer to them as insiders or the protected, and the costs, which are greater, are diffused over many, many people who we might think of as outsiders or unprotected. The insiders will end up with more political power, and those, those, those actions are more likely to be taken because the politician is only going to hear one side of that, particu- of that particular issue. Okay, so that's... That's why I think there's this real difference between how we think about politics and how we think about economics. I experienced this. I'm a former state legislator. When I would try to explain, you know, what the benefits and what the costs were to some action, um, I would almost invariably get the, well, yes, but this group wants this or this group wants that or, or some, or, or, and so on. It's why we keep building, you know, it just as one of my examples, why, why we keep building sports stadiums that, that end up costing uh, cities and counties and states tax dollars and, and give the benefits to just a few because God knows the Viking Stadium probably doesn't matter much to the person who's giving up a little bit of tax money out in Montevideo, but for the Wilf family in New Jersey, not even in, the, in Minnesota, for the wealths, it was everything. It was millions upon millions of dollars of additional additional revenue or additional wealth created by having a new stadium that they could they, they could sell tickets in. Okay, so he continues. International trade. It's you know what? Let's take a break here. I'm gonna. I want to finish this. I I really think this. I want to finish this piece from. Uh, from uh, Alan Blinder, because I think this makes the point about about trade and why we want the kinds of things that we just discussed with Phil Kirpin. After this, you're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Not just my friends, but their best friends too. All of my friends. Say what they may All of their friends need not stay Those who love were not friends anyway All of my friends left to stand and stare Coming up on The King Banyan Show King takes on cultural luminaries like Chuck Barris, Rick Moranis, and Ed Morrissey. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Hi, can I help you? Yes, I have a snoring problem. Uh, can you describe it for me, please? Well, it's about 5 foot 11 with curly hair and a mustache. Oh, I see. Introducing Mute. Sleep technology that opens the nose to increase airflow by an average of 38% so you and your partner can enjoy a good night's sleep. Mute. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better. Available now at Walgreens, CVS and GNC. I'm Amy Errett, founder and CEO of Madison Reed, a company that's revolutionizing the way women color their hair, a company I named after my daughter. Madison Reed is the ultimate hair color hack. The quality of a salon, the convenience and affordability of at-home hair color, and an ammonia-free formula with ingredients you could feel good about. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first purchase. Use code RADIANTHAIR. Tune in and turn it up because Think Realty Radio with Obi Golhar is here for you. Every weekday, Obi informs listeners around the country on everything real estate, market news, investment methods, and most importantly, succeeding in the business. Obi shares his strategies with listeners every show. 
Don't miss out. The tip that could help you the most might be on the next show. Get into a real estate of mind with Think Realty Radio. Weekday afternoons at 2 on Business 1440, Twin Cities Business Radio. Hey, this is Dennis Davis from the Not Your Average Joe radio program. Veterans are those who are called to write a blank check payable to the United States government for up to and including their life. They are truly our greatest national treasure. My show highlights the personal stories of these veterans while exploring the challenges they've experienced both in and out of the service. Listen to the importance that values have played in their success like honor, courage, and selfless service. Join me Saturday mornings at 11 on Business 1440 KYCR to honor those who have given so much. Hello, I'm Mark Stoneman, president of WNAV Audiovisual. WNAV Audiovisual provides equipment and technicians for events of all sizes, from a handful of people to large ballrooms and convention centers as well. We also provide installation services for churches, schools, and corporations. No matter how many people are at your event, WNAV has the technicians and expertise along with the equipment to make each event successful. Audiovisual services include equipment such as sound systems, microphones, projection systems with screens, laptops, draping, lighting, and all the related equipment, and also web streaming services. So your meeting can go beyond the four walls of your space. WNAV Audiovisual, where your meeting is our business. Please contact us at WNAV-video.com. I've got to see you somehow. Welcome back. King Banyan Show. That's nice. If you follow us on Twitter, we'll put the Spotify link up for the playlist for today right afterwards. Um, and uh, be sure to play that. Um, I will be playing that while I get the, get a little work done here at the office. As, uh, class is finished and we head into finals week here next week at St. Cloud State. And uh, at uh, many uh, colleges, many of the public schools around the state. Um, this is this is finals week coming up. Um, it, it is interesting to me uh, this piece, and I will I will I tweeted it to uh, this morning at Pound KBRS. The clip I've been reading from you'd need a subscription to Barrons to get the whole article, but I think it's really it's really really well done by Alan Blinder, a Princeton economist who is sort of a, 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 a not really a conservative economist by any stretch of the imagination. But I think he gets this fundamental point right. And the fundamental point is we haven't done as economists a really great job in trying to explain the value of free trade to you. And the, and the point, and this is, this is, this is really hard to, to get people to understand, is the value of free trade is actually the imports. It's not the exports. Right? Reading, reading from this. Economists take the consumer's perspective. The central purpose of an economy is to churn out the goods and services that people want efficiently and at low prices so that living standards will be high. That's why the Soviet Union failed and we succeeded. But the citizenry seems more attracted to the producer's perspective. The fundamental purpose of an economy is to provide jobs. Often these two dovetail, but sometimes they conflict. And when they do, you can guess which side the politicians take. They take, okay, this is me editorializing, they take the producer's side because of this logic from Mansur Olson, which is, which is that the people that are making the $10 million are really invested in getting the producer's side taken care of, and the consumers, well, there's way too many of them. They won't vote on that basis, so the devil with them. Back to Blinder. International trade provides an example. Almost all economists favor open trade. It gets Americans cheaper and sometimes better goods and enhances the efficiency of our economy. Trade isn't, we insist, mainly about creating jobs or destroying them. It's about deploying the labor of every nation where it is most productive. Economists see imports as the rewards for trade and exports as the cause. But public and political opinion often takes just the opposite perspective. Exporting is seen as the good part of trade. It creates jobs. 
Importing is a problem. It destroys jobs. Have we economists had this wrong for 200 years? I don't think so. But neither have we made the case to the public. As you may have noticed, pro-trade politicians often sell trade agreements as job creators. That's bad economics, but good politics. Right? Even as, as uh, uh, Phil Kirpin was describing what the RAINS Act would do, it's a jobs perspective. But, uh, but really, the value of free trade is in what we get as consumers. I walked through a Walmart last night. I so seldom go to Walmart because I, I don't know, it's big, it's, it's bright, I, I hate the lighting, I, I hate just about everything about going to Walmart. I love buying goods online uh, because I can, I can do that from the comfort of my home. But I needed some goods, so I'm going to a, a, a potluck later today to say goodbye to a couple people who are, who are leaving the university, um, and I, I've got I've to make some appetizers for them. And what I don't have are, are, are sheets, uh, 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 cookie sheets to make them on. I need some disposables because I'm going to throw away the aluminum at the end. And I thought about that. Oh, yeah, aluminum. That's right. There's a tariff on this. And I walked into, walked into the Walmart. I went and found the aluminum cookie sheet that I needed. Its price was $0.88. Cents. And I looked at that and looked at my wife and I said, Really? Something that's going to make my life so much more convenient is going to do exactly what I want at exactly the time I want. And it even has a little cover to put over the goods you've made so that you don't get wrecked on the way. That product, that product is going to cost me less than a buck. I said, and I said to her, as my grandmother used to say, is this a great country or what? <laughs> it is. It's not just a great country. It's a great it's a great economic system. Has flaws? Sure. But the value of trade and I have no idea if that aluminum pan came from the United States or China or or any other or Canada or any other place. I didn't care. It just gave me what I wanted at the time I need, needed it at a very cheap price. Thank you for listening today. I hope you see you tomorrow at Overtime 2018 with Hugh and Mike. And we'll be back next week with the King Banging Show on Business 1414. 1414. I'll see you two tomorrow morning on the golf course. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why? Or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify, the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts BAG11 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting BAG11 to 88988. That's B-A-G-1-1 to 88988. I'm Pastor David Mitchell, founder and CEO of Tradeway. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years now, and because the Lord has continued to bless my business endeavors, I've never had to take a salary from the church, which has been a huge blessing in my life and a great way for me to give back to the Lord's work. I'd like to share with you my thoughts on the importance of the family business. You know, these days people send their children to college to learn a trade that no one in the family has done before. They move away, they work for someone who doesn't love them, and then they trade their infinitely valuable time for a little bit of someone else's money. The old plan was to get a job but lay aside each month and later start a family business. As the owner, you leverage the time of others and earn off hundreds of man hours per day. It's called financial leverage. The added benefit is that each generation teaches the next and builds on these skill sets and your children have the competitive advantage of experience. That's a great plan for potentially creating generational wealth. Tradeway offers you the vehicle to start such a family business by teaching you how to trade in the stock market. 
Perhaps you're intimidated or confused by the world of investing, but Tradeway is here to help you break down that confusing world of finance so that you can understand it. We're not your typical big Wall Street investment advisory firm. We keep it fun, simple, and personal from day one. We offer our students a powerful education on how to trade in the U.S. stock and options market, coupled with sound investment advice, and all from our family business. We're here to help you reach your biggest goals through taking small steps. Join us and bring your family. Coming to the Weston Edina Galleria, June 15th and 16th. Only $99.95 for your entire household, plus a free ticket for a friend and a full money-back guarantee. To register, call 877-907-TRADE. That's 877-907-8723. Or go to Tradeway.com. That's Tradeway.com. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KY. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.